the He's show. just spouting off analytics as his mic is like five feet away <laughs> from him on the floor. <laughs> Underrated, just like common funny thing, is people yelling into mics that are far away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always gets a good laugh. My favorite is when you get that that video of someone who's like watching something from far away and like it goes horribly wrong and you hear the person who's like 25 feet away and they're like, no! <laughs> yes. I don't really even know where to start with it because let's talk about the biggest thing that happened this week. Cause I mean, that's what everybody's brought, probably going to listen to this brought, to talk about. Wes Horton retired. Wes Horton retired. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I figured there was that he was going to leave Carolina when Ron Rivera left considering Ron Rivera's, I pretty sure is his dad. Um, but you know, I, I didn't think he would retire. I just figured he would go to Washington uh, and play eight games and get like nine tackles and one sack and be done and seal the edge. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of interesting that he was given the Panthers website as a medium to announce his retirement because I don't recall a lot of those Ron Rivera higher off the streets guys getting that. I mean, Brenton Burson hasn't retired yet as far as I know. Oh, that's because he's coming back. Well, yeah, obviously. Whatever team Jerry Richardson buys next. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to buy the Saints. <laughs> um, The other piece of, of big news this week that we should probably touch on is... Well, uh, let, me, Reggie... let me say one thing about Wes Horton before we move on. Okay. Um, like, let me be serious about Wes Horton because we give him a lot of shit. But to be honest... The dude was a UDFA that, like you said, Ron picked up off the street. I mean, he lasted in the NFL for like seven years. That doesn't happen very often with undrafted free agents. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was decent. I mean, he was he was decent enough as like the third or fourth guy on the depth chart on one side of the line. That's good enough to stay on a 53-man roster. And when you look at the undrafted free agent to – that kind of production level from like across the NFL, I'd call that like an A plus. Yeah. I mean, he, let's see. I meant to do this earlier, but he played 83 games over seven years. Six of those years were in Carolina. He did play for new Orleans one year. Trader. Trader. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he ended up with 15 and a half sacks. He had 97 tackles. He had 13 tackles for loss. He had 24 quarterback hits. He had seven forced fumbles, uh, two passes defensed. Uh, I mean, two fumble recoveries. That's pretty good for a UDFA. I mean, you know, more power to him. And honestly, I mean – I don't know if he would have made the roster or not if he would have stayed in the league. He's 30 years old. Good for him for getting out now. I mean, he's collected enough money in his mind to do whatever he wants to do, so more power to him. Yep. He was also part of several very successful Panther squads and heavily involved at that. Yeah, I mean, he was, rotation. He, was a, he was a rotational piece on the defensive line, Ron Rivera was very fond of him. And I mean, he bounced back and forth from the practice squad to the active roster back and forth and to and fro. And he just kept sticking to it and he never went away. I mean, and you, you know, people always like to make fun of him and talk about how terrible he was, but I mean, not anybody, not everybody can do what he did. I mean, how many UDFAs flame out after one, training camp slash preseason and we never hear from him again. So, I mean, 
you know. He lasted longer than a lot of other defensive ends the Panthers. He, he lasted longer than he lasted longer than several <clears throat> defensive ends that they drafted. Um, like Frank Alexander. Everett Brown. Wes Horton. Everett Brown. Wes Horton lasted longer than both of those guys, and probably both of them combined. Um you see Frank Alexander making a comeback though. Yeah, he's gonna be in the XFL. Mm-hmm. There's a story about that. him. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you for your contributions, Wes Horton. You'll be remembered fondly, at least by the three of us. Maybe two yeah, of us. Nobody else, nobody else career, probably cares, but we do. Your, your career may be over, but the jokes will never die. Yes. <laughs> we know that. The jokes will never end. <clears throat> the Falcons have still blown a 28-3 to lead. Yeah. That did so, happen. No, anytime the Panthers are like in the market for a defensive end, especially like if a defensive end goes down midseason, somebody, we're going to get jokes of like, oh, well, you know, Wes Horton. Wes Horton's on the, he's there. waiting on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. On speed dial. Always, I mean, you know, the, the, the other big news, though, is that we brought Luke back. Luke? Yeah. <laughs> wait. Oh, wait. Who... No, it, was, it was Cole Luke. Okay. Oh, how dare you mislead me like that, Brad? <laughs> what kind of Panthers writer are you? Yeah. This podcast just lost a member. I'm sure somebody has thrown their headphones in disgust. <laughs> A dearly departed listener. We we appreciate us a one star review. <laughs> um, yeah. Real talk. If you got legitimately mad at that, I am, I am, I'm sorry. Okay. Don't be sorry. I'm, I'm gonna get to that. Um, <laughs> but honestly, grow up. It was funny. Okay. My God. Like if you Google Panthers news, you'll find a legitimate headline that we that we signed Cole Luke. I only made it to where if you go to catscratchreader.com, which you should be doing anyway, that you would see it. It was an inside joke to all of our people at CSR. It's not like Terry from Michigan could find it. It's a joke. Okay. Life's not that serious. Football's not that serious. It ain't a dick. It don't have to be that hard. Okay. Also, Luke probably will come back at some point. So, and yeah, Luke will probably come back at some point. And I've already written the pre-written the headline <laughs> and informed you, so you're up to date. Okay, but if I really offended you, I'm sorry, not sorry. Get over it. Also, and I will give kudos to 99% of the people in that thread that were fake mad. And that was the reaction I wanted and I hoped for. And I wanted people to get quote unquote mad at me. Um, special shout out to, I want to say it's tricky Dick Dylan for putting a GIF that was like 8,000 pixels in the, <laughs> in the thread that made me laugh. That was probably my favorite response. So kudos to you for that. Um, but for the couple of people who are like, I I'm legitimately mad and I'm, I'm never going to come back. Okay. Well, bye, you know. Whatever. Also, we should we should mention that it wasn't your fault because you said I, I was going to do this, but I'm not going to do this headline because that's mean. And then pretty much everybody in the Slack chat was like, "No, you're going to do that headline." Yeah, they made me do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's Brian's fault. I actually had nothing to do with that decision. <laughs> it was, yeah, it I was, was I was really it was actually it was actually Daniel's fault. If you want to blame Daniel somebody, and, blame and Daniel Walker. and Walker. Because I said, I should do this. It would be funny. And then Daniel and Walker egged me on, and I I gave in to peer Which pressure. Walker I'm sorry, is- guys. Okay? I gave in to peer pressure. <laughs> Walker is the king of clickbaity headlines. So It's hard to be me, okay? <laughs> Here we go. Brad getting bullied by the people that work for him. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a life. It's exactly what a novel what concept. Happened. I mean, I'm the victim here. <laughs> But no, you know, legitimately, we, we re-signed Cole Luke, we re-signed Joey Sly, and we re-signed Reggie Bonifan to one-year exclusive rights, free agent deals. People have asked how much money is involved. It's like $500,000 for each one. Yeah, it's a mighty number. I think it's 585000 is the, the one-year deal for that those players, so it's not a lot of money. John, what the fuck are you doing? Nothing. Just don't worry about it. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, no, he was yeah. probably grilling a steak. Yeah, that's probably what it is. He was just flipping his steak. It's, it's chicken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too I hear it. I hear it he now, was sizzling. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Glad to, glad your priorities are straight here, Jesus. John. While we're talking about these these cornerstones of the Carolina franchise being re-signed, you're just over I mean, here. We brought back Reggie Bonifant. And I know you just... muted your mic, John. I did yeah. mute the mic because I, I didn't realize it was just sizzling that loud. And I'm putting um, onions in another pan, making uh, okay. nice good. making a nice dinner. Good, I mean, good we... job. I hope make sure you season it well. Um, it's like 9:30, and you're just now making dinner. We go over this all the time. I always eat this late. I'm I'm usually in bed by now. My God. <laughs> no, this is very on normal time for me to be making dinner. <laughs> I used to be that way, but now I'm like, if it's seven o'clock and I haven't eaten yet, I'm like, where the fuck is my food? <laughs> it's Amanda's but, uh, fault because she doesn't get home and she doesn't get home for a little bit, and so I try to make food to be ready. When she gets home from work, because I'm a nice oh, person. Oh, okay. So I guess yeah. You know, okay, in your house, you're physically incapable of eating without Amanda. So I am. It's it's not being physically incapable. It's it's. He's being it's, considerate. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know yeah. what that is. So. So speaking um, of food, um, I understand. Real quick thing, segue. Um, so you guys remember that time that John that uh, David Tepper, billionaire, went out to dinner, went out to lunch or dinner with a. Uh, matt rule this week and uh made matt rule pay for his for his food that is so great that is my favorite story i mean i i like the reason that they went um apparently this barbecue joint like the owners one of the owners family members was killed tragically and so tepper and rule went there in like moral support of the family which is great and then you see the only all the photos that that the the journalist grabbed are of Tepper shoving this huge ass barbecue sandwich in his face, and then the the stories are well he made Matt Rule pay, <laughs> and I mean David Tepper is worth eleven billion dollars, and he made Matt Rule pay, which, funnily enough, Tepper ended up paying for lunch because he pays Matt Rule to be his football coach so he actually paid for it himself but yeah didn't i just love the thought of a, of a billionaire saying hey you're paying for my lunch right <laughs> you got this right and i mean that sandwich can't cost more than like eight dollars no it's just a power move is what it is yeah because he's probably be- he's probably like i don't have anything smaller than a thousand can you cover this sandwich? <laughs> I have I have a thousand dollar bill on my on my person right now. I'm sorry, that's all I have. I don't think they can break that. Also, like they might not even had to pay for their food because it was like a special event. Oh, I'm absolutely positive they didn't pay for that food. Neither one <laughs> of them did. Yeah. This Tepper probably looked at the waitress and was like, Do I look like a guy who pays for his own lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I do I do enjoy just the the general society like fact that once you get rich enough, you no longer have to pay for things when you're the most able to pay for stuff is when you least. Often yeah, have exactly. To pay for stuff. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll comp this for you. What do you mean? You're going to comp yeah. them. They're worth once 11. You, he could buy your restaurant. <laughs> once like, you get he probably rich enough, has the money in his pocket to just buy the whole restaurant. Well, that's why you comp it because you don't want to get bought <laughs> out by David Tepper. Yeah. He, instead of, he's like, you know what, if I'm, if I'm going to spend money here, I might as well get a return on investment and just, uh, own your establishment. You know, he does seem like the kind of guy that would go to a barbecue place and be like, this is a really good sandwich. I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy the whole restaurant so you can only <laughs> make these sandwiches for me so nobody else can have them. Yeah, that, that I wouldn't be surprised. See, I, if I were ever a billionaire, I would never be a billionaire for long because I would do <laughs> shit like that. You, like, you I would, would spend all of my money. I would be like, okay, I, I'm going to buy this restaurant. Find a way to overestimate how much a billion dollars, like how far it actually goes. Yeah. It's this is a lot of money. What do you mean I owe money on this? <laughs> <laughs> I was a billionaire. Um, <clears throat> was a billionaire. So, speaking of money, I guess this is probably a good segue into our segue and all over the place. Yeah. Well, we th- we talked about some Panthers moves this week that were bringing people back, but the Panthers did 
lose somebody on a quote-unquote mutual agreement in Greg Olson. For only tight end in NFL history, by the way, to have two, three straight 1,000-yard seasons. So. No, he was the first, not the only. Travis Kelsey's done it. Oh, since. has he? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's up, he's, up to, he's, up to, he's up to four now. Wow. Well, well, he was the first. And that's, the first. that's the only one that matters. Um, I legitimately I didn't realize that Travis Kelsey had done it. Yeah, he's he's been thousand yards four years in a row. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna look and double check, and you better yeah, hope you're right because if yeah. you're wrong, oh boy, your spreadsheets are gonna go in the shitter. Let's yep. Cutting a bell pepper right now, so I can't. You're gonna have the. You're not gonna have those 2019, 2020 spreadsheets. You're gonna be using those 03 spreadsheets, bruh. <laughs> John is correct. Okay. Good. Encyclopedia in this brain. In 2016, he had 1,125. 17, he had 1,038. 18, he had 1,336. Holy crap. Yeah, he's basically Uh, a wide receiver. And in this last season, he had 1,229. So, yeah, he's he's good. He's the first tight end to ever do it four years in a row, but Greg is the first to ever do it. Greg will, for the rest of NFL history, Greg will be the first tight end in NFL history to do it three years in a row. And I, I imagine there'll be several tight ends who join the club because a lot of teams are starting to use tight ends like the Chiefs use Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can see the Ravens getting <clears throat> their their guy Andrews, Mark Andrews. Andrews, yeah. I could see Mark Andrews doing it. Um I could see um uh one of the Eagles tight ends, what's his name? Zach Ertz. Not not Ertz, the other one. Goddard. Goddard. If they, I could see Ertz. If, they ever, yeah, if, they, if they ever get rid of Ertz. I was going to say, yeah, both, like, Carson well, Wentz targets Ertz so much. Like, <laughs> As long as both of them are there, they won't do it. But if the Eagles decide that Ertz is time to – they only need one of them, then yeah. I could see Darren and, Waller. And it would be Goddard that they, that they kept because he's younger. Yeah, got, see, Waller's another one. Yeah. Kittle. Kittle if definitely. Kittle, yeah. Well, Kittle would rather block somebody than catch a pass. So. If the 49ers get a quarterback, they trust the throw. Yeah. It's a big hang up there. But yeah, but Greg will always be the first one. Yep, and uh, and you can't change that. You can't nope. change that. It um, wasn't Gronk; it was Greg. But yeah, the Panthers apparently met with Greg Olson, had a chat with him, and the initial reporting was that it was a mutual agreement to part ways because reasons. And then we found out a little more in that. Uh, then Joe Pearson was reporting that Pearson. Gre- Pearson Pearson person. I don't know how you pronounce it. I've never actually heard it pronounced. Um, it's person. It's person. spelled P E R S O N. It's literally well, that's stupid. Person. Why would it be pronounced that way? Um, so because it's spelled that way. Stupid phonetic names being yeah. spelled correctly and shit. Whatever. Um, so Joe P- Person reported that. Olsen wanted no part of a rebuild, but then all of a sudden, a couple days later, Olsen was out there quoted as saying that it wasn't really a mutual uh, agreement, more so than that Carolina was just going in a different direction. He could have been back, but they didn't want to pay him, basically. That's that's kind of what I read in between the lines. I, I don't think that's all that crazy to think that it's they not, weren't going to pay him. Because if they would have kept him, he would have counted $11.7 million against the salary cap. With them getting rid of him, he only counts $3.7 million. So they get $8 million in cap relief. Olsen will be 35 when the league year starts. He hasn't played a full 16-game season since 2016. He's broken his foot twice in the same place in two consecutive years. His stats are falling off the face of the earth. And quite frankly, I know this is difficult to hear, but we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be in 2020 it legitimately does not make any sense to keep Greg Olson. And I say that as someone who is very fond of Greg Olson, he's probably one of my three favorite NFL players. So, but it just doesn't make sense to keep him. He needs to go somewhere. I know he's going to follow Ron, but he needs to go somewhere like new England, Seattle, green Bay, that he has a legitimate shot within the next two years of winning a Super Bowl because he deserves to win a Super Bowl. 
Hell, even Buffalo makes sense. They were a playoff Buffalo, team this year. Of the, of the teams that he's visiting, because he's visiting Washington, he's visiting Buffalo, and he's visiting Seattle. Buffalo and Seattle are the two preferable choices, and he probably would do well in Buffalo. He's familiar with Sean McDermott, and they probably could use a tight end. So, I mean, I if I were Greg Olson, I would not go to Washington unless they offer him an obscene amount of money. Because if he wants to play one or two more years, then he needs to uh, increase his odds of winning a Super Bowl, which he would which he would rightly deserve at that. <clears throat> yes, I mean he's probably not going to win one anyway because I don't think anybody's going to stop Kansas City for the next couple of years. But I mean he has a better shot at it if he goes to a, a team that's actually competing. Yep. Depends on what he's, what, where his head's at. Is it about the money or is it about playing for a contender? So I guess we'll and see. But- he also could just retire and go to Fox or ESPN and get a cushy broadcast job like Tony Romo did and not even have to play anymore. Yep. He did get his, he did get his clock well cleaned this season. I forget which game it was, but he got hit real hard and got a concussion. Um, I think it was Washington. Yeah, I, I think it was it Washington, was Washington, Washington too. Yeah. <clears throat> Which you never like those kind of injuries, but especially to a guy who's in his mid thirties, like no boy. Especially because he good. went so like got so got so far without really having that issue. Yeah. Um, I do respect his his candor though. Like it's not very often where players are that honest. Yes. To the point, like he he wasn't throwing anybody without throwing anybody under the bus. Like he's very good at like being honest and you know not and and being without throwing people under the bus or like letting out information that shouldn't be let out he was being objectively truthful yeah he's being truthful it's not like he was like yeah the panthers are doing or treating me badly he's just like you know they're not for someone in my situation understandably so they didn't want to pay me what i had left on my contract makes sense because i'm old but and I don't want to take so a pay cut. We, yeah, that's it's like what you'd be great for TV. And yeah. that's actually a great point, John, because I think that's what they did with Luke Keekley as well. Um, not as much about the cap, but they I think what they're doing right now is they're sitting down with guys like Greg Olson, Luke Keekley, probably Don Terry Poe, maybe even K1 Short. I know we did they did it with Cam already, which we'll touch base on later, but I think they're sitting them down objectively being like, this is the direction Carolina is going in. This is what we're willing to deal with or not deal with to keep you around. What are your thoughts? And kind of just letting the players do what they want to do. Cause I know Luke Keekley's health had so much to do with him retiring, but there aren't many people in the world who can convince me he made that decision without speaking to Matt rule and David Tepper first. I, I don't think, know. I, I legitimately think Luke Keekley just didn't want to play football anymore. Well, doesn't not to worry. I think he wants to play football, but he. <clears> like, I think he knows. Yeah, I, yeah. Want to is a bad phrase. I I think he realizes he can't play. And Luke his Keekley standard, is the guy. Yeah, yeah Luke Keekley is the kind of guy that if I can't be one hundred percent all pro, best at the game, I'm. I can't do it at all. Like he doesn't want to be mediocre. Yeah. And I, I get where you're coming from with that, but if what, it, but like if they sat him down and said, Hey, we're going for a super bowl next year. Can you play one more year? You really think Luke wouldn't have done it? I, I legitimately think he would have still retired. Yeah. I could, I, I, I think he was very sure of his decision. Oh no, I don't think that he was unsure of it at all. I'm just saying that, looking at it from the aspect of what I've been seeing with what they've been doing, like talking to their players, honestly. And again, we'll touch on cam a little bit later, but I think they're sitting them down and having a very honest, objective conversation about the future and direction of the Carolina Panthers. And I think that is something they did with Luke Keekley. And I don't know. I just think I don't think that it was the reason he retired at all, but I think it certainly may have played into it because and I think it's the I think it's sim, I think that has something to do with Greg Olson as well. And that's kind of where I'm drawing it from is that they sat Greg down and basically just told him this is what's going on and this is what we're willing to do for you. 
So that that's where I'm getting that from. It's just that they're being open and honest about what's going on. And Greg didn't want to, you know, come back at what they were willing to offer him. And I think that that just, I just think it may have had something to do with Luke. I think there was maybe a slightly larger chance that Luke comes back. If the team is, you know, really prepped for like really strongly considered Super Bowl contenders. Right. I think, but I don't think it's significant. I think like, I still think he retires. I think he thinks about it a little longer though. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's fair. I think that's a hundred percent fair. Um, so before we touch on cam, is there anything else we want to discuss as far as the, uh, the Panthers right now? I mean, there hasn't really been much that's gone on aside from just conversations with veterans and speculation about who else is going to go. I do. Well, I, this got kind of transit. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Cause mine's kind of transitioning in the cam. Okay. Um, we signed, we re-signed Joey Sly. We haven't really talked about Graham Gano. Um, do you think that they're going to get rid of Graham Gano, or do you think this is just a, once again, putting pressure on Graham Gano? Because Joey Sly only costs 585000 against the cap. So they could theoretically keep keep him, and it costs nothing. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's a $3 million deal. Um, and I'm trying to find... Graham Gano's contract. I so think Graham's set to make about. about I think Graham's dead cap is about four or five million right now. Yeah, let's look. Um, uh, yes. Um, If he is cut, he would cost $3 million against the cap. It would save $1.26 million. So when you add in the fact that Joey Sly only cost half a million dollars, it's not that far out there to, to cut Gano. It's not, but it's also not a move where you're going to see the cap moved really one way or the other. A whole lot. I think yeah, the that, intent- that $1 million could be used to sign another <laughs> free agent. I mean, you know, it could be like if you're a million dollars short on getting someone that you want. I think they want to go with Sly because they, they wouldn't have put Gano on IR last year if they had intentions of keeping him around. But Sly kind of made it a little harder with his inconsistency. I do think I think Sly is probably the front runner, though. Yeah, especially when you look at Matt Rule's philosophy on kickers, um, being that he doesn't really think the team should have one. Um, <laughs> so I, I I really think they're going to cut Graham Gano. I don't see, and I mean we've been saying this for the last five years, but um, I I just he's going to be thirty three years old. I mean, that's not old for a kicker. I mean, you know, Adam Vinatieri is like 70 and he's still in the league. So, um, but I just, I won't be surprised either way. You know, I think for me, it's just right now, it's just a matter of that. They're already stuck with Graham, you know, whether they decide to cut him now or cut him, you know, in June or July. And they really, I don't think that there's really a whole lot guaranteed for contracts like Joey Sly's. Um, so it's kind of just a matter of having. Yeah, Joey Sly's contract know. is non guaranteed as far as I know. So I think that it's a matter of just like having the two options that you know at the moment and maybe, you know, seeing what happens with the draft or whatever and just making a decision further down the line. But they like, it's Joey Sly doesn't have a choice. He, he either signs this deal or he sits out the entire season. So yes, exactly. So I, that's just a terrible thing in the CBA, by the way. It is yeah. a terrible thing. <laughs> it, it is terrible. Um, it's a it's a NFL player with less than three accrued seasons. Um, so basically, can, players that signed as undrafted free agents, undrafted free agents who have only been in the league 
two years or less. Um, mm. You may only sign a contract with your original team if the original team placed a minimum salary tender, which why would they not? Um, typically during the first days following the completion of Super Bowl throughout the, through the start of the new league year. Any player who receives the team's exclusive rights, minimum salary tender will not be able to negotiate with another team. Um, negotiate with another team. And so basically, if the Panthers would have said to Joey Sly, hey, we'll give you two years, $8 million, then he could have went to the Raiders, for example, and signed. But they they gave him the minimum deal, so he has to sign it. Uh, <laughs> if he if the minimum tender is not given or the tender is withdrawn, they can be completely free to sign with any team that they want. So it's other, really shitty for the player. Yeah, in other words, you have to not be wanted for you to get be a free agent. If you're, if you're good enough to get paid as a free agent within like your first couple seasons as an undrafted free agent, you cannot get paid. No. Now, the yep. NFL does have a thing where retroactively they adjust player salary. Like if they vastly over, overperform what they were supposed to get paid, like um, Josh Norman had one of those. Josh Norman had it happen once, but like, for example, if, if they, if they sign an undrafted free agent defensive end and they pay him $585,000, well, he ends up getting like 13 sacks next year. The league will step in and be like, you have to pay him 1.7 million or whatever the number is. Um, So there are ways for these players to get some of the money that they could have earned but it's still a terrible system. Yep, 100%. Kyle Allen's stuck in it too. And yeah, Kyle and Allen, the ne- and I know that this is going to trigger people, but Kyle Allen will be the next one. They will sign him to a one-year deal. Because yep. why would they not? At the very worst, he is their number three quarterback for half a million dollars. You can Kyle do one And it's non-guaranteed. Kyle Allen will be on the roster at the start of training camp. Yep. Unless he gets suspended by the league or something, but trade him for a third round pick. Yeah, or, or traded for the number ten overall pick. I mean, you know, that's uh, he's a going for the, possible scenario. He's absolutely going to be getting traded for the number one overall pick. Thank you. <laughs> Bring us Joe Burrow. <laughs> the Bengals scouted exactly one game, and they're like Dave Gettleman. That's all I needed to see in those. Yeah, they saw him carve up Arizona, and that's that's all they need to see. And I saw a pro quarterback there. He threw four touchdowns. He did. He He threw four touchdowns. More importantly, he won. He He won. Him alone. (laughs) Carried the team on his back. You know what I kind of want to happen? I kind of, just for the chaos it would cause, I want us to trade up to number one overall and then not draft Joe Burrow. (laughs) Take Chase Young. Take Chase Young. It would be so damn funny. I would live for the memes. Although I wouldn't, I'm not going to lie, Chase Young and Brian Burns on the edges of our defensive line would be fun as hell to watch. Assuming Brian Burns is not playing special teams. Assuming Brian Burns, yeah, assuming he doesn't break his wrist. Hey, Ron's not here anymore, guys. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> was, that, was that not like the just as if like I think we're mostly had enough of Ron anyway, but then to take the rookie that was playing extremely well, the first round pick, and then just decide to like stop playing him as the season went on. Was that not just like the perfect way to make people really want to run you out of town? And see, I think that there's a deeper thing behind this. I think Ron kind of read the tea leaves and knew he was getting fired. And that was his way of just, you know, saying, fuck you. And being petty. petty. Just like John Fox refused to play Armani Edwards at quarterback in 2010 because he knew that he wasn't coming back. And why would he try to win? when it's not going to benefit him in any way. Uh, so I, I kind of think that was what was going on. I, I kind of hope Ron is more mature than that, but you never know. I, I 100% the, Nothing don't else that. makes sense. Like, why else would he stop playing Brian Burns? I don't, I don't really believe that, but I think that part of it is just that Brian Burns, like, what did he do? Almost, he, like, fucked his wrist up or something when he punched the field. 
Yeah, but as far as I'm aware, that got fixed. Like it did, did get, get fixed. fixed, and they make things that players put on their arms to protect them called casts. Oh, I'm not saying that it's a logical thing. I'm not saying that Ron was right to do what he did. I'm just saying I don't think that it was strictly to say, hey, fuck you, Panthers, for potentially firing me. I think in his own fucked up way, it was just him being like, well, he's hurt, so I'm going to play Bruce Irvin instead. Or, because that's what no, he does. And Wes Horton. Because yeah, Wes, Wes Horton. Horton. we got to get Wes Horton from Snap. we got to set the edge. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that really... Really, really helped a big run boost to the run defense. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, run, our run defense is better when Brian Burns is playing. You don't say. Uh, it wasn't exposed. Say it was yet. good. It wasn't exposed yet. It was. It was better. No, it wasn't exposed yet. We were. <laughs> we were having this debate in the early part of last season, John, where I was like, oh, "The run yeah, defense looks kind of bad," and you were like, "Doesn't matter. We're defending the pass." Where I think mm-hmm. that once they played the 49ers, which we've seen how many of those games of the last three years now where the Panthers defense gets exposed and people are like, oh, so that's how you beat them. And this yeah, year, yeah, the 49ers. Yeah, broke Ron Rivera. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Rivera was like out of sorts for the rest of the season, playing, trying to call a run defense. <laughs> how, John, yeah. I'm sure you've already looked this up. I know our run defense was bad. Um, and how bad compared to other defenses throughout history was it? Like, I don't, it wasn't the worst ever, was it? I think, I think it made, I think they only ended up being the second worst in terms of yards per carry allowed. Cause the last game, the Saints didn't run extremely well. Yeah, they didn't have they, to. Yeah. Yeah. And they needed to average like six something, like six and a half yards per carry for the Panthers to be the worst of all time. And I don't think they got there. So I think the Panthers finished with like, the second or third worst run defense on a per play per yard, like per carry basis. I know and, they were the worst as far as giving up touchdowns, and they gave up the most rushing touchdowns, yeah, of all time. Um, or at least it's like the merger as, as, yeah, since like yeah, the forties when they were only rushing touchdowns. Yeah, ever, ever since World War Two. Um, yeah, but um, wasn't the one team that was worse than them the the Lions team that didn't win any games? Mm. That the is one that, they were the one that had the most touchdowns allowed. I think. Okay. But they they were better on like a per carry basis, but you know, it just gave up a lot of touchdowns because they were just bad and giving up touchdowns of all kinds. I'm going off of memory here, so some of this might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were like they were bad on a per play basis, but it was like 5.1 or 5.2 yards per carry, where the Panthers were like 5.3, and then okay. the Panthers gave up more rushing touchdowns. Oh, Huge God. accomplishment. I I still personally take the blame for that because I've been. You know, Mr. Run defense isn't important, and the Panthers are like, oh yeah, we'll make our run defense so bad that it actually does matter. Yeah, that yeah. was absolutely your penance for <laughs> for arguing against it. Because and see, that's the thing, and I know people have probably been like making fun of you for real, other than I have Brian giving you shit. <laughs> oh no, it's but, been for real. I know, but anyway, but I mean, <laughs> you know, when when you when we say run defense doesn't matter it does matter when it's as bad as ours was. Yes. There's a cap to that. There's like a, there's a, yeah, <laughs> there's like can't be that bad. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like you can give up 15 yards per carry and be okay. There's a extent where it's like, if you're 24th in the league and run defense, cause you give up 4.8 yards per carry, you're probably fine. It's not something to be concerned with. If you're giving up the, like just literally giving up eight yards on every carry, then yes, that is a problem. Yeah. I would never have argued otherwise. <laughs> you gotta love statistics because there's always those outliers, those pesky yes, outliers. The, the outliers that people like to point to to be like the evidence base for an entire opinion. Yep. I can say, generally speaking, this isn't important. Like, well, what about the one time? It's like, okay, yes. That's why I said yeah. generally speaking. Generally doesn't mean every time. <laughs> Just like yes, how they're... Kyle Allen was an outlier because he managed to win despite how many times he turned the fucking ball over on the ground. So the Panthers yeah. are a team of outliers. That's, <laughs> that's what that was. What twenty nineteen was? It's just a season of outliers. Except a season of outliers. Yeah, it, and I think and... my favorite thing about this last season, we won five games. Three of those were against the AFC South. <laughs> Because we beat the Texans, the Jaguars, and the um, 
Titans. Titans, but we yeah, lost the Colts. We beat AFC Championship participant Tennessee. Well, yeah, we beat handily. one of the two teams that played <laughs> in the AFC Championship game, but we couldn't beat the Falcons at all. And we at smoked all. the Titans too. Yeah, with our terrible run defense, and they have Derrick Henry, who ended up being like the leading rusher in the NFL by a lot. That's football. Doesn't make sense. That just never makes sense. That's why your spreadsheets can go to hell because it doesn't make <laughs> sense. I think football, just as a general thing, football makes it really hard to get these points across because small data points take long time. Like, I take a, there's a long time between small data points. So, like, there's so much variance of one game that, like, if I say, it, generally speaking, your run defense isn't all that important. If the Panthers have a game where they give up eight and a half yards per carry and get blown out, there's an entire week for people to be like, yeah, you see what happened when you couldn't stop the run? As opposed yeah. to being like, if you look at things over an entire season, it takes a long time. And it's not as apparent. And that makes, I think that's part of the reason people don't listen to these things when it comes to football. Well, part of it too is that when you look at it from that aspect, you're looking at 32 teams playing 16 games too where the, the averages more so will line up with what is normally consistent, where when you look at one team over a 16-game span, obviously those averages then tend to move around a lot. Soon to be yeah, the NFL season is a small sample size. Well, it's about to get bigger because it's going to be 17 games. Yep. Are they? Is that? I saw them talking about that. Is there actual like reason to think it's going to go through? I... I don't see it not going through. I mean, the the NFL PA doesn't want it, but the owners are willing to give them a bigger piece of the revenue pie and in exchange for an extra game. And my understanding is they're going to cut two preseason games and add one regular season game and a bye week. The bye week is a good so, idea. Yeah, I don't so know, every understand team why they... would play 17 games and have two bye weeks. So it'd be a 19-week season. So it'd be it'd still be a 19-week or Yeah, it'd be the same. Two weeks because longer. Oh, yeah, yeah, talking about there's, adding there's preseason. Only two, there's only two preseason games. So it'd still be 21 weeks from start of preseason to the playoffs. Yeah. Which is super smart. Yeah, because nobody cares about the preseason. I mean, most <laughs> of the time. Now, this year for the Panthers will be slightly different. But mm. like last year, Ron Rivera knew 51 of the 53 players that were going to make the team. Like, yeah, the preseason is like. Knew. Nobody. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, uh, so nobody right. cares. And I mean, even these coaches, they, they already know who they want on their roster. And it's like. Priority number one of the preseason is don't get hurt. Exactly. Priority number, priority number two is to like fill the final like three roster spots, and it's like do you need four games for that? No, yeah. Like, you I mean, get. I know. I, there's. I know there's like. You get some live action, but it's not. You can do that in like one game. I don't think you need because that's basically all they get anyway. Just. Preseason, come out there, do like a quarter or two with your your ones. Do another quarter in the second preseason game, and be like, "All right, that's that's good to go." Mm-hmm. The Panthers only played two preseason games this past year. Cam Newton wouldn't gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. It's but sad. it's it's also it's it's, it's, it's a sad boy here. It's just such. Well, actually, he would have gotten hurt. It would just happened in week one of the regular season. <laughs> I've never understood why the NFL never just added. Yeah a week 18 it just gave everybody two bye weeks it seems like a win-win all the way around See, that's the thing i want them to do i don't want them to add a 17th game i want them to add an extra bye week and cut down to three preseason games because the fourth preseason game is the most worthless exercise in sports like the pro bowl matters more than the fourth preseason game <laughs> and except for like three guys that are on the field that are trying to make a team to everybody else, it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to get one more game check before I go back to the to the factory or, you know, whatever, go to the XFL or whatever. Uh, but to me, there are 32 teams, so 16-game schedule makes perfect sense. 
It's just like having 16 teams in each conference and having four teams in each division. It makes mathematical sense. It's perfect. It's square. And why would you fuck with it? It's perfect the way it is. They don't need to be messing around and adding regular season games. Now, I'm fully in favor of the extra bye week because I think teams need an extra bye week. I also think that teams' rosters should be expanded to 60 players and 53 of them should be active on game day instead of 46. You can't just say everybody's active on game day because then Bill Belichick fucks around with the injury report. Like that's the whole reason they have to do the inactive list in the first place. But um, they should also, uh, I think the, the proposal to expand the playoffs makes a lot of sense. And I would like to see that where only one team gets a buy and they add one extra playoff team to each conference. Yeah, that makes it. So just, you have it, three wild card games on wild card weekend instead of two, and you, the only team that gets a bye is the team with the best record in the conference. I think that makes sense. It's it's there. There are so many ways for the NFL to add games to the schedule, or like add televised games to the national TV schedule without adding any games to team schedules. Yeah, add a bye week because then. That's an extra week of programming because everyone's not going to take the same week off. Yeah, you still get you need 17 weeks for programming, but teams still only have to play 16 games. Yeah. And, you know, make that make one week like a rivalry week in, you know, in the middle of the season where like the Panthers have to play the Falcons or the Saints and or the Falcons play the Saints or whatever, and, like, the Cowboys play the Giants. You know, each division, everybody plays a divisional opponent all on the same Sunday. Yeah. And make that, like, week eight or whatever. Or you can just make it week eight and nine, and you just take yeah, one make group it of divisional week rivals. Nine and, and, and take half the teams on one week and then the other half on the other week, and then there's a bye week in the middle and everybody gets a bye week on either week eight or week nine. And then they get another bye week either at the front part of the season or at the back part of the season, but everyone gets a bye week in the middle. I think it makes more sense not, that not to prolong this conversation, but I think it's more sense. Like everybody gets a bye week in the first half and one bye week in the second half. I know. <laughs> I like I like your creativity there, Brad. I tried to help you out. I did. You know, it, I mean, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to be week eight and week nine. It could be week yeah. five and week six, and then do it again yeah, okay. in week, um, you know, fifteen and fourteen and fifteen. Third, yeah, or thirteen and fourteen. You know, do make it to where those are all divisional games plus the bye weeks, and then everybody. It's all you know. There's always good football on TV for those two weeks and teams don't have to play an extra game. Now we're just going to add games. And then you're still adding games. If you reboot the playoffs, because you get an extra wild card game, you got actually, you get two because you got one for the the AFC and one for the NFC. So you get two extra wild card games that more people are going to watch because People will watch the playoffs, and it doesn't matter who's playing. People watch the playoffs. Yep. I did. The Panthers weren't even close to the playoffs, but I watched. I watched each weekend. I watched. Well, you, you, oh, heard, it, you heard it here first, NFL. Do it. Please credit. Do it and give me my Please money and my credit. When, we, when you steal our idea. Yeah. We can go on Pat McAfee's show and bitch. So, I will totally go on Pat McAfee's show. I will, I'm going to call in there because I found out that you can call in and say whatever the fuck you want recently. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna do that sometime soon. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Have um, you heard his comments on the XFL? Because he's apparently like the sideline commentator. For oh yeah, it. he's got like he's got like unprecedented access. He's gonna. That. He said he's gonna when on a kickoff return or a punt return, he's going to run down the sideline and see if he can get the return man to interview him while they're returning the kick. Yep. <laughs> Pat McAfee's so treasure. He is His a stories about how he got drafted by the Colts is fantastic. Are they just saw him punting. 
they saw him punting game. one day and he they signed him. He was he was undrafted free agent and he had no idea how to do it. Like yeah, he didn't like, know how to hold he t- he lied to the he lied to them and told him he knew how to hold for the kicker on extra points and he had never done it before. <laughs> yeah, he he because he was a kicker in college. He was a kicker in college and he had no idea how to punt. He's just he's a savant at punting. He had he was, no idea how to do it. He's just really good at it. Yeah, he was just like punting before like during warm ups to like so the guys could try to catch it. Game like, hey, you got a good leg on you, kid. Right, we'll, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Like, I'm not a punter. And they're like, oh, we'll be in touch. Yeah. I think he thought he was going to get drafted as a kicker, and then the Colts took him. They're like, you're a punter. He's like, okay, well, let me go learn how to punt then. Yeah, yeah. He, he learned how to hold punts or hold uh, field goals because of that. He yeah, told he had him to could. call Adam Vinatieri and get him to teach him how to do it. No, he actually sent <laughs> he him off to a camp. Him. He sent him off yeah. to a camp to, to Yeah, he had no idea learn. how to do it. And he told the Colts he did. Yep. That's what you do. Just like Mike yep. McCarthy with the Cowboys. You lie. Fake it till you make <laughs> it up. Oh my God. I'm so glad we dodged that bullet. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> so that's so funny. He's like, I sat down with Jerry Jones and told him I watched every snap of every game to analyze how football is played now. And actually I just watched some highlights, watched some games casually on Sundays. He was just your average CSR draft scout who goes on YouTube, watches some highlights and says, yeah, all right, film on this guy. What, yeah. all right, he's 13th on my draft board. Let's go. He's like, yeah. or, go, or boys. every, every person in just like day-to-day America who lies on their resume and lies in their job interview to say like there, I'm, extremely proficient in Microsoft Excel. They're like, oh, cool. Can you do this for me? And they're like, all right, I got to uh, Google how to do that. Yeah. yeah I love Mike That's McCarthy right. telling blatant lies. That was great. Because I genuinely believe, cause, you know, he said that him and his little buddies, they would craft game plans on how they would attack other yeah. teams. How they were playing bridge or <laughs> whatever. They weren't even doing any of that shit. The best part about all of it, too, is that they admitted that in a, he admitted that in a fucking press conference. Yeah, right <laughs> after he got hired. Yeah, like, I hope that, that was the first that Jerry Jones had heard it too, where he's like, "Yeah, I I hired him. I know he's a changed man. We talked about it, and then he's like, I, I like, uh, the, the ink's dry on my contract, right?'" Um. <laughs> what a that's all time finesse by Mike McCarthy. Yep, it goes. That's in the that's in the finesse Hall of Fame. You just can't teach it. Just, just imagine if he would have been that way when he was with Green Bay, that won more than one Super Bowl. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> if he just if he used all that finesse power to actually like adapt, yeah, he'd still be in Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers would probably still be with Olivia Munn. Probably. That's yep. why he chokes in the playoffs. Yep. So speaking of choking in the playoffs, so Cam Newton. <laughs> oh. Great segue. <laughs> I completely forgot we were supposed to talk about that. <laughs> um, so Cam Newton went on to Tiki Barber's show, and I don't know what the other guy's fucking name is, but he went on over Super Bowl weekend, and they discussed a lot of things, but the one that really piqued a lot of people's interest was Cam Newton's comments on his future with the Carolina Panthers. And after we've seen Luke Keekley retire and Greg Olson deciding to part ways with Carolina. Now, granted, he's a lot older than Cam Newton right now. Um, and I say a lot being like, Cam Newton's like 34 by now. That's uh, semantics. Um, so Cam said that he sat down with Marty Herney and David Tepper and Matt Rule, and he came out of the meeting really, really excited. And he said that he had a lot to prove, not just to them, but to himself. And he basically said with absolute certainty that he will be back in Carolina this year. Thoughts? Bengals fans are probably happy about that. Is <laughs> because that they want to trade for him, or they, they yeah? Thought they're gonna I for mean, him? if he's excited to be playing, I mean, the Bengals fans are going to be happy because yeah, oh, and- he's going to be their quarterback. Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna he's he's currently building up a lot of trade value right now. That's what he's doing. <laughs> but one of those big brain things. I do think it's it, it 
it sounds very like i can't imagine a more reassuring thing to say the way he phrased it it wasn't like the typical uh oh i'd love to i'd love to be back if they'll have me type of thing it was like uh yeah we talked about it and i'm we talked about it and I'm coming back yeah yeah <laughs> so which we've talked about it seems to be the most sensible thing to do but well it's just like he spoke to um the main event from SB nation on radio row. And he said, they asked him, what was he looking forward to doing once he's fully healthy? And he's like, everything starts with me. I'm ready to maximize myself, make the biggest impact for the team. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to be healthy. Like he wants to stay. And I mean, why wouldn't he? I mean, I mean, he he is the current. He's still, even with his uh, unfortunate injury circumstances and the fact that he hasn't played more than half a season at most over the last two seasons, he's still the face of Carolina's franchise. He just is. Like Christian McCaffrey, he, obviously, he played, there's an argument there, but he, he played 14 games in 2018. He, he just hurt for some of them. Well, excuse me. I sh- I apologize. I, meant- I mean, he hasn't been healthy in 10 years. So it's, yeah. it's, but it's been 2018 was like four or five years ago. We haven't exactly. seen him play well. Yeah. <laughs> in, in several okay, he years. Wasn't, he wasn't playing healthy for half of the, of those I've, games. I've also saw somebody uh, uh, mention, call Cam Newton. Like we don't like, he's a 32 year old often injured quarterback. It's like, he's not even 31 yet. Like you can't even round like 32. Yeah. Is, like, his age at the start of next season or something, or like you're rounding or whatever. Like he's, he's still 30 for a few more months and people are already calling him a 32 year old injury prone quarterback, 35 year old guy. Yes. Cam Newton just completely distorts time and space. The thing that, the thing that I'm getting from it is like, so we've always, we've seen a lot of these situations where it's like, there's a player who says, I want to come back. I want to play for this team. And then like, you get the coaches who are like, we'll evaluate him or you get the coaches like, Oh, we want him back. And the players like, I got to see where I'm at where over the course of the last few weeks, we've heard from both sides, good things. We heard Matt rule say, I want to win a super bowl with cam Newton. We've heard cam Newton say, I'm really excited to play for these guys. So granted, one thing about that though, what else is Matt rule going to say? I mean, I get where you're coming from, but you know, uh, what is he going to say? You know, I can't wait to get rid of the bastard. Well, you no, def- don't can say defer. that. You I mean, he could, have, he could have deferred. He could have just said no comment or. No, he could whatever. have said, we're going to evaluate Cam Newton and see if he's healthy and spin it in some positive way that way. But that's not what he said. Yeah. Like, they, I know the Panthers are supposed to be like working him out to see how healthy he is. But that's what Matt Rule could have said. And no one would have blamed him. If he said, no, no, people would have blamed him. Well, they're, they blame, they're, they're going to blame him for saying that he wants to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton. Nobody wins. Nobody, no, nobody wins 100% all the time. But he could have absolutely, without fault, from most people, most objective people who understand the Carolina Panthers like we do, if he said, we want to evaluate where Cam Newton is with his health and go from there, and none of us would have faulted him for it. That's not going one direction or the other, but instead he went out, he, he went the extra mile to say, I want to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton. He didn't say, I want to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton. If he's healthy, he said, I want to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton. That's not just saying the right things. There's more to it than that. Well, I mean, I can say, I want, I want to go out on a date with Olivia Munn. But, well, I mean, I, I do too. I, I do, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen. But you don't have Olivia Munn with a broken ankle in your living room right now. You know, you don't know that. You're not in my house. Well, damn. <laughs> have fun, Brad. I hope you. I hope you guys have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, have Olivia Munn with a broken Brad ankle. Has, in my Brad house has that opportunity presented to him, and he's just doing a Panthers podcast. Exactly. Right She's sitting on my couch <laughs> waiting patiently. While I talk about Panthers football, <laughs> just ramble about Cam Newton after the Super Bowl in a season where they went five and eleven. <laughs> we're rambling about nonsense while she waits. Dedicated okay. to your craft, yeah. That's how much I care. <laughs> we appreciate you caring so much, Brad, and your sacrifice. But yeah, I think that it's. I think that 
Cam is probably going to come back to Carolina this pa- this next season. And I don't know what will happen after that, but I think that they will be all in on him this season. And I think it does, it does depend on whether or not he's healthy. And, right. you know, I've said this since I, since the last time we saw him healthy, which was like 1999. <laughs> um, but no, uh, seriously, I've said all along, if he's healthy, they're idiots. If they get rid of him, like th- just full stop, they're dumb. Uh, I think they are just going to wait and see if he's healthy. And if he is in 2020, he's going to be our quarterback and he's going to be playing for a contract and, you know, $21 million for a healthy Cam Newton is the best bargain in the NFL. Um, But if he's not healthy, they're going to cut him and they're going to save the the $19 million and use it to build the roster. And they will know if he's healthy or not before the draft. Hmm. Yeah. Because they're going to evaluate him in March. Which tells me that a lot rides on that evaluation because they're doing it before the draft. If they were committed to him, they would evaluate him in June. You know, yeah, closer to training camp. But they're doing it specifically before the draft and right when the league year starts and free agency happens, because they might just decide if he's not healthy, they might cut him and then sign Marcus Mariota um, or Teddy Bridgewater or trade for um, Josh Rosen or, you know, you know, they, there's a lot of different things they could do instead of drafting a quarterback at seven. Um, and if he's healthy, then they'll probably either just let him ride out this year and then, give him an extension or talk to him about a, a two to three year contract extension now while they have a little bit of cap space, you know, but a lot rides on that, that workout in March. They got to evaluate how tradable he is for Joe Burrow. Exactly. I mean, they can't trade him if, if he's not healthy. Yep. Agreed. Got to make sure you pass that physical. Yeah. He's got to pass the physical to be the Bengals new quarterback. Yep. And honestly, I know we're going to run this into the ground, but I I don't see the Bengals. Even the Bengals aren't stupid enough to trade out a number one pick. Yeah. I mean, I, they I, could I, potentially I, trade down to three, but because Washington's not going to draft Joe Burrow. You do remember the Bengals are an offshoot of the Browns, right? That there's, is true. There's a 0.0 chance that they don't take Joe Burrow. Yeah, I I don't see them not taking Joe Burrow, and I don't see them trading. I I just I don't see it. I mean, even if we offered them Cam Newton and the number seven overall pick, they would still draft Joe Burrow. Guess we'll see. <laughs> I I'm, to be honest, Brian, I want it to happen. Just Chris McCaffrey's a very tradable asset, guys. I want it to happen just because I know how insufferable you will be and how <laughs> mad everybody will be <laughs> at you. I want to see the chaos. Um, but I'll just tell I'll just I will just make one solitary comment and then log off for a week and it'll just say, I told you so. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. And I'll log off. I won't write in any articles, I won't comment, I won't tweet, I will just go dark on social media for a week <laughs> oh man it's gonna be a great off season boys yeah i can't wait for all the we should trade christian mccaffrey think pieces yep john oh, you got boy. anything to add there oh uh, no i i'm good your chicken all good nice and made it's it's sizzled. all it's it's nice and sizzled and made mm-hmm you grill it or did you uh pan for pan? I don't have a I don't have a grill. I'm in an apartment. Oh, okay. And it's I'm, ten o'clock well, at what? night. Don't tell me you, you you can get one of those foreman grills. That's not a big deal. It's little portable grills. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, I guess you, you I could. I don't yeah. have one though. Liar. John could probably have George Foreman himself grill it. <laughs> yeah. People are gonna think I'm actually like wealthy based on the way you guys talk about <laughs> No, they should already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you pay $5,000 a night to play basketball. Yeah, probably sure. with George Foreman. <laughs> it's the, that's the, the uh, trade-off. I let, him, I let him join the team if he grills me chicken. Yeah. 
I mean, I'd sure, it's do great it. too. I would do that if I had five thousand dollars to throw away for on a daily basis. Correct. Yeah. 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 See you guys later. <laughs> Keeps the football. Takes off to the end zone for the touchdown. He takes the handoff and he scores. Avoided the Dolphins behind the line of scrimmage and took it in for the first touchdown of the night. Newton keeps, lowers his shoulder and takes it in for the touchdown. On second and goal, shovel pass, McCaffrey, touchdown. And off dive for Jonathan Stewart and he's in for a touchdown. That's intercepted by Keeping. He has more of those than any linebacker in the league over the last five years.